I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 149 of 8 Bits Interview Podcast. I'm your host, John O'Peck. We are dangerously close to episode 150, trying to line up a big guest for this show. It's been kind of difficult. It's not coming together quite yet, but I've got a few leads, so we'll see what comes of that in the next few weeks or so. It could just end up being a regular episode. Maybe it will just be myself interviewing myself, but we'll see. For now, it's episode 149, and we've got a great guest. It's a good friend of mine, Paul James, who is known among the gaming community in Australia as a writer over at Player2. They're one of Australia's only gaming websites that is on Metacritic with their game reviews, but they also do a whole bunch of content, including podcasts, video, uh, opinion pieces, and interviews. And from that birthed the Dev Diary podcast, which is Paul's show. Similar to this concept here is getting a new guest every episode, but all specifically game developers. That's Paul's passion. That's his interest, and that's become his niche. So he's... he's done an amazing job of getting a very wide variety of game developers on that show both AAA and independent both international and Australian so with that kind of similarity between you know this podcast and his we've had quite a lot to talk about over the years about our approaches to booking guests you know lining up guests and approaching them and and just kind of going about this grind of always trying to find the next interview that's made this episode a bit more conversational than some other ones because we've had so much to talk about and compare and contrast. So I think that's made it quite an interesting listen. Paul's also opened up about that kind of work-life balance conundrum that faces so many content creators out there. So sit back, take in all of what Paul James has to say and enjoy the show. Paul, thank you so much for joining me. It's good to have you on the show. Oh, it's great. I mean, we've been back and forth for for years with various different things in various different roles. I think the, the first time we ever got together on a podcast might have been with Jack on Grandstand yeah, Gurus Grandstand or something like that. Gurus. Potentially. Yeah. That's a blast from the past. That's, that's a, yeah, going back a long way. But, I mean, it's it's good to do a show with you. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else we've done because we've obviously like hung out at PAX and uh, different things here and there. But there must Not have that been many. something else. Like, Some was it, stuff is it probably just really early Gurus? on. I, I re- they would as well yeah. as Grant. There would have been some other stuff early on, but maybe mm. Platt or something like that. But then, yeah, might, might have been a platinum explosion here or there. But but that would have been about it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. We we might have to do some more. Yeah, it's good to me. I've got your yeah your player two fellow colleague Stephen editor. jumping yeah. on on uh, comedy rewind now. So maybe we can get the two of you together. Who, yeah, who knows? knows? But yeah, it's it's um it's good to have you here because I feel like. As much as there, as much as I can say about anyone in the community, I, I really look at you as a peer because we are both the kind of two people that I know of that do this crazy thing called an interview podcast, uh, yeah. going after a new guest every time and having to do that kind of chase and edit and that whole kind of cycle that uh, you're very familiar with and I'm very familiar with. Uh, yeah, I, I was obviously doing it like week to week and had a lot of the same guests. We've, um, you know, I was doing it weekly for a long time, which was mental. And now I'm only doing it like once a month. So your fortnightly dev diary is coming out a lot more frequently than mine. And obviously it's specific to devs. So there's a bit of a, a difference in that yours is a bit more niche. 
which I think is a really good idea. But yeah, I think it's going to be a good chance to just kind of compare notes, so to speak. Well, I definitely did consider weekly when I, when I first kind of came up with the idea in uh, late 2018. I'd, I'd been doing interviews in kind of written form for a while. I actually checked sure. through my phone recently. I found some like memo, you know, the little audio memos app or yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever they call it. I found some of the ones where it was like this really cobbled together shitty thing where like I do the interview here. I didn't have my like, you know, quality mics or headphones or any of those sort of things. It was literally like computer speakers or laptop speakers, I suppose. And so me not being an overly uh, proficient tech head, I, I had my memos app on my phone sitting there and like cranked the volume through the this laptop speakers so that it would then record that. Like that's how stupid about this I was. And, you know, something like Audacity is so obvious or, you know, say an OBS to capture both sides or whatever the case happens to be. All very obvious yeah. things. Not to me back at the time. So I was listening back to him recently going, holy, oh, Man, this is awful. <laughs> but look how far you've come. You started. You started different places. That's it. But um, yeah, I, the 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 weekly thing is a real grind. Like obviously, I'm a dad now, and I just c- literally couldn't find the time to to do that. So I, think I was on the verge the of right becoming choice. one at the time. So yeah, I just realised no, I don't smart think this do. is going to be feasible. <laughs> you got to know your limits. Like anyone else doing it. I've noticed doesn't do it that often unless they are someone who literally has a producer working for them, yeah. like a Mark Marin or a Joe Rogan or someone at this massive website that can just churn through the, you know, the agents and, and just have that kind of access. But for people like us that are literally, you know, in the emails, in the DMs, reaching out to people yeah. left, right and center to just get one kind of person on the hook, like it's it's a lot more to to deal with and be, I guess because mine wasn't just <clears throat> limited to devs there was a bit more options to just kind yeah. of grab Broader someone at the last minute and, and do that kind of thing so the fact that you've you've found a niche is fantastic but it probably also means that you're having to kind of scroll through Twitter and find someone oh, yeah. and all that kind of thing find someone who's kind of somewhat accessible I mean the most recent episode that I recorded and as we said before I was literally recording a dev diary immediately prior to us jumping in mm-hmm. to this tonight like that was off the back of me putting out a tweet saying for the first time ever I think I'm going to have to miss an episode here like is anyone able to help me out and yeah. I had a few people share it around and thankfully well not only did I get one but there was about three or four that spun off that will you know they'll That's they'll great. pop up somewhere down the line I won't I won't divulge too much there but um like I got I got bailed out in that case but yeah, like it happens at times where it becomes really difficult to find find someone. Not because there's not quality people out there, but discovery is really difficult. And then the nature of uh, the games business is there's a lot of people that, because of PR or whatever the case has to be, they're closed books. They're not you can't really chat to them for whatever yes. reason. So there's layers and layers of complexity on top of that that make things quite challenging at times. And it's yeah. you know relationships and those sort of things that help maybe get you over the line. Yeah, it's frustrating in, in that sense that um, like to you know draw from my experience, like episode 150 is coming up after this for me of putting in work and I've been trying to get someone worthy of the milestone. Oh, you're trying and to say one I of my, Well, <laughs> I'm 150, kidding, a, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, it's all right. <laughs> you're, you're more of a 149 kind yeah, of Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. The, <laughs> the penultimate. Is yeah. The lead in to the one fifty, whoever that might be. But you know, <laughs> I, I was I was uh, messaging with one of my favorite musicians ever, like literally one of my favorite singers, songwriters, 
of all time who I won't say because I'm really disappointed with the outcome but you know they said they were keen to get on the podcast and you know not being super organized I can email their manager didn't give me the manager's number or or email so I have to kind of dig around to find that manager's email because we're talking on Twitter and it's not exactly easy to access so I find the manager's email and I contact them and then she hits me with you know how many downloads or how many people listen to the podcast you know like all these kind of like managery kind of questions that you're like oh this isn't good like this is not guarding well (laughs) yeah they're like they're they're guarding his time and she hit me back and she was like we're not going to be able to make it happen at this point or whatever i'm just like ah damn it's like it was so it was so close like one of my dream guests um from the start and just kind of that kind of bodyguard being in the way to block it even though he said that he was interested so yeah I, i hear what you're saying and i've also had some really awesome game devs lined up and even yeah. get to the point where like PlayStation is like, yeah, like we'll find a time to make it work. And then just like ghosted because somewhere in the chain of events, whether it's the studio or PlayStation Australia or PlayStation America or whatever it is, th- someone decided oh, this isn't either, this isn't worthy of our time or they just like didn't get around to it. So it just never yeah. happens. So yeah, those near so misses are heartbreaking sometimes for whatever reason. Yeah, and the, you can come back to them later, and I've you know I've done that, and that's the kind of thing you can that you have to do when you're going week to week or fortnightly. But now that I'm monthly, it's just kind of like, hey, I got to the point where if it's not easy and it's not happening, it's just like, oh well, like I'm I'm doing comedy rewind every other week and hoop dreams. You get your feel every through other that week, so it's it's fine. It is what it is, and I've uh, kind of. I've kind of pushed it as far as I can, so I'm not gonna like lose sleep over it anymore. But enough about me for now. We'll get a bit into the Paul James origin story, like we tend to do. I'm interested, Paul, what your journey into journalism was, because you're a school teacher and you're really into sports and there's you know, obviously really into games, but what was the point that you decided that there was something more for you to do, whether it was a hobby or something more that drew you into what led to, I guess, player two, but also Dev Diary. Yeah. So, I mean, like it is a weird one. You obviously reference sports and those sort of things. Like when I was at, you know, mid-teens, 16, 17, like I was playing high-level footy. Like, I was playing quarter cannons, kind of where, you know, players get drafted to the AFL from that. I mean, so I played alongside, I don't think I ever quite would have made it, but I was playing alongside <laughs> some you know, current day, still top level talent, talented players. And like, it's a little bit humbling, but I also know that, yeah, I would never have come close to what they're achieving these days. (laughs) Um, And it was a little bit my own kind of, I don't know, laziness, I guess, in some respects that I didn't end up pursuing it. Um, We can delve into that if you like, but uh, (laughs) it's just confluence of a few different things going on at the same time, year 12 studies, prioritizing my studies. And that kind of meant that that fell off the radar a little bit, but sure. You know, there's been sport and there's been games. I went, I jumped into teaching, which I think was always something that I'd considered from a very young age, but there was also still games. Games have just been there through every step of the journey. And I think, and you've referenced uh, them as kind of inspirations for yourself over the journey. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to go back to the likes of Colin and Greg, for example, back in the days with IGN Beyond and those sorts of things with with kind of the, the back and forth they had there, but the way they kind of consumed, discussed, thought about games. And I think the, the one that I guess has been a 
guess for both of us at this point, uh, Colin Moriarty was probably for me the the biggest inspiration of the whole the whole pursuit, simply because. Sure, we can we can talk about the games till the cows come home. We can you know focus on the entertainment side of it and you know what they're getting on Metacritic and all that side of it. But there's the behind the scenes stuff, and that and that's something he really spent a lot of time investing his uh, his research into. And that's something I really wanted to pursue as well. Like that's what really fascinated me, and seeing him doing it kind of stirred the pot a little bit. Um, now I wasn't able to jump straight into that space. I, I kind of started very simply. Uh, I didn't really have like I, I wrote game reviews for for the fun of it, nothing more than that. And I didn't have a platform of any sort. It used to be simply a, a Facebook post, like review for such right. and such, uh, Dark Siders yeah. two reviews in the comments, and you know <laughs> I just punch out like there'd be like a thousand plus word review there, you know scattered amongst the multiple Facebook comment things because they I don't know they cap you at like six hundred characters or six hundred words or whatever. Right, that's gone um, back. So, yeah. So like you'd, there'd be multiple comments attached to it, which ultimately, if you just copied and pasted them, were the entire review. Um, and it was a friend of mine, uh, Glenn Johnston, who I'll credit for everything. He ran a site that's no longer in existence called uh, Alternative Music Hub. Um, lot, it was all music-based, focused on a lot of uh, alt stuff from all around the world, not just locally. And it was quite a big site, and he, he wanted to branch out into some entertainment sp- uh, stuff and I mean, we were friends from back at school and from footy as well. And he knew what I was doing and was happy, I guess, with the quality of my writing and said, that, you know, mate, any chance you want to just come across and maybe help be the foundation of the entertainment side of things? And so I jumped in there and he actually gave me the platform that I, I think I needed to actually consider pursuing this stuff more than I had. Everything up to that mm. point was just very casual. And yeah, like I'll put it on Facebook and people read it and people don't. And I'll just continue playing my games for because that's what I enjoy. But he gave me that platform that allowed me to maybe take things a little bit more seriously than I had up to that stage. Yeah, cool. And so from there, how did that lead into Player 2? Um, the, so basically Alternative Music Hub, after a while, he, he had kids um, and realized he wasn't going to be in a position to sustain it like he was. Uh, I took that kind of solo for a little while and just spun the entertainment bit off on my own, kept a couple of people that he'd, that he'd built doing the entertainment side of things and taking them with me. But I, even I realized after a while, like it's just, and I mean, I didn't have kids and they were still far, far away at that point. I don't mm. think I even met my, my now wife at that stage. Um, I just realized that was, that was going to be a bit too much for me. And so I stepped away from the whole thing for a while then. It was basically just going back to putting stuff on Facebook because why not? When all of a sudden I just, spotted that player two i think i'd interacted with them via i don't know just the e3 hashtag that you know gets used and all of a sudden they popped in my feed at one point and so i must have interacted that got them stuck in the in the twitter loop somehow you know all the yeah. algorithms and those sorts of things and so i spotted at one point that they were looking for matt was looking for writers and thought i'd throw up my head and i guess Matt was happy with what I or Matt and Stephen. So obviously you mentioned Stephen before. He's been on Comedy Rewind. He was, him and Matt were the the two there rendering the verdict on who they wanted to join the team. And Player Two would have only been six to nine months old at that particular stage, but it was growing fairly rapidly. And yeah. so I, myself and uh, Sarah Allen, who's also part of the team still to this day, we got we got picked up. And from there, I, I just he he gave me the opportunity to really focus a hundred percent on games, and I just tried to do as much as I humanly could. Uh, there was yeah. reviews multiple times, like multiple reviews a week, um, podcasts, 
nothing in video at that particular point because I mean you you heard me talk about before what I was doing with with uh, interviews with people like I clearly wasn't that uh, that across what I needed to do at that stage, but um yeah it was just once once the rubber hit the road I just took off, and Matt gave me the platform yeah. and the security to do what I needed to do you know being able to get my hands on a game before it actually released for the first time. That was a really eye-opening thing. Like, oh, hang on. I've got a few weeks to tackle this. I don't need to yeah. beat myself senseless to, to get the thing done in the first week. Like I can actually pace myself here, consume it, really think analytically about the thing and then put together a really considered uh, piece. And that was that was a really nice luxury. And again, just kind of fueled that fire somewhat a little bit. Hmm. So when what year was that that you first joined those guys? 2015. Yeah, wow. Six years. So, so yeah. you must Been doing have it for a while website. now. You must have seen that website grow quite a bit. Is is it um is the current form of player two you think what it's gonna continue to be, or is there is it has there been like pushes in certain directions over that time? I mean I've I've certainly led a few pushes, certainly when it come, once I got my head around how video needed to work and those sort of things, I started <laughs> pushing a lot when it came to video. They had the player two podcast, which has kind of changed a little bit over the journey in these days. The kind of the player two pixel cast, they just kind of pulled in uh, the hyperpixel cast, which was a which was a thing back in the day, and uh, like there was a lot of just relationships connected there, and they pulled that in in recent years. But the Player Two podcast was a monthly thing. That was an opportunity to kind of you know discuss games like like what we do now. Um, I, I wanted to get the video side of things going. You could see blatantly where a lot of games media stuff was going, and I didn't I didn't want the written word to fall by the wayside. But I understood that it was an opportunity to potentially get more eyes on our written stuff was to engage with the you know with video i guess more than anything else and so that was kind of where i start. i started patched was born there which is you know podcast that still to this day um we do every week that was initially video form but i brought it across to podcast services after a while as well it was just it was trying to engage with other sides, but in the last probably twelve months in particular, Player Two's really really grown. We, uh, I guess you know, I th- I'd like to think it's fairly well earned, but uh, we we got Metacritic accreditation, which mm. was a really really big deal to be kind of recognised as I think only I think well well played got added to the list earlier this year, and congratulations to Zach and the team for that. But at the time, I think we were one of five publications in Australia that actually had that status. Um, which wow. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of sites, you know, gaming sites in Australia, big and small, and to be considered amongst those that were, I guess, worthy for want of a better phrase, was was really quite quite humbling in a lot of ways. But um, it prompted a lot of growth with the site too. So yeah. our relationships with PR has really improved in 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 the last twelve months in particular. Getting access to things that we wouldn't have gotten access to before. Not necessarily preview, you know, big preview things. I think we're still trying to push down that path a little bit. But like the day that, I mean, I didn't end up reviewing it because there was a, a conflict of interest there with our player two fantasy draft that we have. I'd picked The Last of Us. The code came through for The Last of Us like a month early, yeah. and we since we were on, since we we're on Metacritic, and our, like any review I wrote was going to be sent to that, which you know, there, there could be some perception that I'm trying to skew the numbers for the sake of sure. our, our silly little game. We 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 wanted That's to crazy. be as above board as possible, so so I didn't review yeah. that, which was a little bit gut wrenching at the time. But uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima rocked up like a week sure. or two later, like a week and later, yeah. delved into that. So um, so that was that was great in that regard. Like it's 
there's opportunities that have popped up in that space that have been really, really cool. But one thing that I'd always want to do, and again, kind of going back to Colin and what he did, was was get into the development side and understand how the sausage is made. And um, that kind of prompted some initially just written interviews, like we'd bounce back via email or I'd record, <laughs> really hastily record the uh, the audio from a conversation and then transcribe it after the fact. Hmm. Like that was that was where that came. And actually, I have to I have to credit you a, a large amount for what you were doing with putting in work. Seeing that, going, oh, hang on, this makes so much sense to bring it across to this format. Um, I, I yeah, I credit a lot of what Dev Diaries these days to just seeing putting in work and understanding how that kind of worked and how I could translate what I'm doing into a similar sort of format. Oh, that's that's cool. I, so I thank you for that. Aware, by the way, that connection. That no, that, yeah, I, I kept that. No to myself. I wasn't. Don't want your ego to get too big, right? Oh, I'll, I'll tweet out that, that you owe it all to me. Don't worry. We have to let yeah, people right. know who missed this. But um, now, before we, we move on to Dev Diary, I, I just wanted to kind of throw out there that, um, yeah, I think that Player 2's rise has, has been fantastic. And I think something that stands out about Player 2 is that it's focus on written form content that yep. you don't necessarily get to a high standard at a lot of websites. There's obviously this big push into podcasting like with 8-bit, that's just the easiest thing for us to do. It's, it's you know, the voices and the personalities of podcasting. Yep. And for people that really want to kind of go full, you know, full on, it's like the video stuff. And, and that's where the eyes are and that's where the clicks are and I guess the influence. But at a certain level, written the written word is still king to a certain extent as far as yep. credibility. And I think that that's where, like, if you're only doing video content, then it's not exactly, it doesn't really lend itself to Metacritic ratings and reviews. Yes. In the same way. So I think that you've, uh, you've done and well. And there are to some, to be fair, fun. there are some that actually do get their Metacritic accreditation and they're purely video based reviews, but mm-hmm. it's a very small number. Yeah. It's like the, the top. It's like the guys with the million subs. Easy Allies, for thing. example. They're huge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're not taking any, anything away from uh, They're fantastic. Easy Allies. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. But um, yeah, I guess that uh, in, in our community, there, there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, sites that have that really uh, text first approach, I guess, to, yeah. to reviews, which is, um, I think, a standout. It's, it's an old school way. And I'm a print journalist from back before so i certainly appreciate that and um at times there's there's things that are much more uh you know that you can just take away from a written review that you can't from a video sometimes you just don't want to see what the game looks like you don't want to you don't want any any potential spoilers yeah, the words you just can actually read it tell you everything you need and without spoiling the experience at the same time mm, yeah so there's i guess there's a time and place for both but you know Similar to the, the niche that you've carved out with Dev Diary, I think Player Two has really done well to to have that kind of uh, written format, print format uh, in the online sense, so to speak. And that's especially for for Australia, where we're a bit of a fishbowl in some respects. Yep. You've probably been around as long as you know anyone we're else in our now. community <laughs> that I can think <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah, like I know Eight Bit started late twenty fifteen, early twenty sixteen. Uh, pop culturists were probably around a similar time. Yeah, similar. And idea. I, there's there's a lot of other sites that were probably around at the time that have disappeared by now. So yep. yeah, I guess you guys are or just transformed. Yeah, or yeah, or changed. Yeah, well played was was called something previously, and 
there's just um yeah probably not a lot at least at at the level that you guys are that have been around for that long yeah and i mean one of the things i love most of it and it, it can cause some issues if we cycle back to the reviews part of it for a moment like we've got letter grades with our with our review system which is not necessarily uh pr's favorite thing in the world because it's this weird ambiguous thing and even when i look at how things convert to metacritic if i if i give a game an a even though our spectrum actually goes up to an a plus because i think we i mean i'm a teacher i understand that there's an a and an a plus and that sort of thing <laughs> but metacritic treats both of those as a 100 right which is frustrating <laughs> as all get out which is can cause a lot of issues with, with well I mean, PR is not going to complain too much, but I think there's and you know, mass teacher in me. It's buzzing around my head, going, "No, they're different. They're different. They're different." It drives me mad. But Would you, um, can it I can cause that little bit of confusion. Just to like changing it just to line up with Metacritic, because I mean, I know there's the whole you could come at it like as this is the what's the word I'm looking for, like the the pedigree of the website and this yeah, yeah. it's this thing that you've always done. But then you know, Metacritic's kind of a big deal. You, you don't really yeah, want it to um, be. Well, it doesn't look. It doesn't cause any issues for Metacritic, and they did. They were aware of it. We'd actually only somewhat recently established that scored system beforehand. We were very bullish about. We don't need to score things. Like the the words will tell mm-hmm. you what you need to what you need to get from it, which is a an honourable thing. But when you're trying to, I guess, grow at the same time, having that score of some sort was important. And so the compromise kind of was. Well, we're not going to go numbers. Maybe it was a bit stubborn. Because I, I personally was in the, the pro numbers camp, but again, math teacher, right. so numbers are kind of my life. <laughs> um, I was pro numbers. The majority within editorial were not. And so here we are. <laughs> um, and so every now and then I just float it out there and I get shut down and that's fine. I respect it. Yeah. I, lost the, I, I lost the vote. It's majority rules and, and I've got no real problem with it. I mean, I know what the, you know, if, if I really want to get numbers about the whole thing, I know that a an A minus correlates with a 91 and this you know mm-hmm. corresponds to this like I, i've got that there if i if i really want to delve into that thing but i mean when we're when you're reviewing a game or any form of art really it shouldn't be about based on the the number that you assign at the end you you're trying to combine yeah. all your thoughts into something into a coherent piece that outlines pros and cons and and then there's this arbitrary thing at the end and whether that's a letter whether it's a number is whatever that's that's really there for other parties and i guess the people who just want to scroll to the bottom and see a score yeah which is not great i don't like that but i mean we we all do it surely like i definitely do it i I still do it (laughs) it's funny even when when like someone else on the team puts out a review (laughs) i'll just scrub to the bottom see what they gave it and then if it's something oh okay then i'll go and read the piece like yeah yeah Yeah. unless i've actually done the editor work on it which these days i'm not because i'm very time poor um when i do when i do a video review i don't give a score i just as you said like let the words speak for themselves but yeah. when we do like a spoiler cast we you know you go into all the detail and then like brendan will ask like if you had to give it a rating out of 10 like what would you give it and i think like i'm happy to give it a score after i've said all this stuff and not like that be the focus like yeah I, like you, you don't really want someone to be like oh you gave that game an eight or you don't really want that to be the thing that sticks with people it's more like did you like it or did you not like it? And what and why? Like, that's what yeah. matters. I mean, even the framing of, you know, if you had to give it a score, it's like, well, I'm twisting your arm. Can you can you give me a number? Like, it's a very casual sort of way of doing it. So yeah. it kind of, you know, it, it shouldn't, in my opinion, shouldn't put a big target on your back if you give a game a seven that someone else believes is a, a 10, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Though it's still finicky, finicky sort of thing, uh, scores. So, 
It's just one of those things tangent. that just keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah. So Dev Diary, uh, you talked about, I guess, getting into more of the behind the scenes of, of devs. And yep. um, I'm curious, what was it that kind of ticked you over the, the line as far as, yeah, I can do this every couple of weeks. Like there's enough people out there to talk to. I'm interested enough to want to do it. And I think that it could be something that stands alone outside of player two. Yeah, so the the timing in terms of the you know the fortnightly thing, I was doing that with the written the written pieces anyway. It would take a little bit longer because you know, transcribing a piece is not not a short exercise, especially if it's been a 30, 40 plus minute conversation. That's not that's not a it's quick thing longer. to try and transcribe yeah, it's the entire thing. Than, yeah. than doing the podcast, really. Absolutely. So and you know the editing process, is, you know, it's not too bad when things all go well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, transcribing it much much longer so i was already trying to work out what i could possibly do to to do things a little bit differently but the, i mean that that interest in the i mean we, we spoke about colin before and his focus was very much on not so much the individual but the studio behind the game and of course he'd reference a few key figures along the way but i took more interest in the actual individuals and some of their stories and because you know i, I mean Let's hope one day maybe I'll get someone like Kojima on the show and I'll have to, it'll be the longest episode ever because there'll be a translator in the middle there. But like these <laughs> yes. are really, really fascinating people. It could be like a four hour podcast, is, you know, that just because that's how long it'll take to bounce messages back and forth between us all. Um, it, it's the people that fascinate me the most and the stories and the things that, like, where I mean, you, you've seen the meme with the, the little strings going everywhere and how things cross over. Like, that sort of stuff and you know i even discovered it tonight as i was i was interviewing my most recent guest and realizing oh hang on you're you crossed over with such and such he was able to reference at that point and, and he goes yeah yeah actually we did we worked together at thq at this period and blah, blah 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 like that's really fascinating to me and seeing how these things kind of collide at various different stages really really interests me and you know the games pop up along the way and you'll you'll touch on you know why was this game important to you or what involvement did you have or you know, every now and then you were talk, uh, you're working with someone who maybe PRs helped set you up with in the first place. So there's a little bit more of a focus on what's the coming product. Mm-hmm. Like those sort of things are, are fascinating for sure. Because at the end of the day, I still love the games themselves. But it's it's delving into those stories that was the thing that really interested me the most. And that was kind of the genesis of the whole thing. And then, yeah, seeing what you were kind of doing in that format. And I guess others like, say, um, Ryan McCaffrey, for example, with Unfiltered, which, you know, fortunate when you've got the IGN platform that you can basically speak to anyone you want um, within reason, but pretty much anyone you want uh, were massive inspirations there in terms of taking what was what I was already doing and not really having to change it much, but just deliver it in a different format. Hmm. So that was really yeah, exciting once I realized no, this is the best way to deliver what I'm looking to deliver. And it's nice, sure. you know, like I, I've had... Um, I mean, I won't, I won't name names because the piece may, may or may not happen. But like, I've had, I've had someone reach out to me today saying, "Hey, an interview you did with such and such recently. Am I able to comb through that and like, do you, you know, basically asking for my permission to, to take any quotes and whatever as long as it's referenced?" I go, "Yeah, no, not a problem at all." I had someone else who I'd never met or spoken to before reach out to me about um, an interview with Gabe Cazillo who made uh, Ape Out. Oh. How many years mm-hmm. ago is that now? Two, three years ago. And yeah, he, he kind of broke out some of the quotes from that and turned it into this fantastic seven or eight minute long video of just kind of showing gameplay and and a lot of the comments that Gabe had made there, layering that into... And it was this fantastic video. I, I really, really like it. Um, 
and like that's nice as well like those sort of little things that have mm. emerged from my work like that's that's nice and satisfying it's not it's not about me in any way shape or form it's in fact about the person that i'm talking to but getting those stories out there and other people kind of building on that is something i'm really really enjoying at the moment and that's really only developed more recently i think as the platform has now grown it's this is the third year for dev diary at this point or third full year for dev diary at this point so that takes time but I'm now yeah. starting to see a little bit of that grow. And when, you know, I mentioned before, scrounging around for a guest and as soon as I put the feelers out there, people jumped onto it because I'm actually starting to become a known commodity to an extent. That's really, really good for the soul. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of leans also on the, the fact that I am a teacher. Sharing knowledge is kind of part and parcel with kind of the, the profession and mm. kind of a bit of a passion of mine. So being able to do that and find the right format for it's been been great. Yeah, I think one of the great things about, you know, having a few guests under the belt that you're, you know, proud of is that especially in a community as small as like the Australian development community, especially like Indies, which is almost every Australian dev that we have, yeah it's it's so easy to to approach someone and say like hey like some of your friends have been on the show already so i know my guests would love to hear what you have to say on a similar topic and that was certainly something that i leveraged from you know being fortunate enough to get some of the kind of funny guys on the show early and then yeah it helps you know and that building into you know jared petty and andrea and people in that realm so it's a lot easier for them to go oh well then if you've talked to them then you must either a know what you're doing or b you're you're at least trust you enough yeah you're someone that's not going to stitch me up or whatever it might be so i I feel like now that you're starting to get some of these you know big bigger names on the show it's going to really help you when you reach out to people and you've probably already seen that to to a certain extent well, yeah, I mean, you, like certain guests pop along and you see the big spike in the numbers because they're, mm-hmm. you know, connected to such and such. I mean, we've mentioned Colin. When Colin came on the show, that was the biggest jump in numbers that I've had. Yeah. But, and it was nice seeing a lot of people stick around, which was really, really good to see. You know, you know, it's there's a lot of game developers that listen, but I think uh, off the back of Colin's episode, I think there was certainly a lot of his fans that discovered the show at that point. And to see, presumably, you know, you know, it's not going to give me the, the blow-by-blow as to who each person is, but presumably a lot of those people that jumped on at that point jumped on because they enjoyed the content itself and they maybe delved a little bit mm-hmm. deeper and saw, okay, well, such and such has been on here and there's a there's a fairly consistent flow of episodes. Why not? We'll, we'll give this guy a go. And it's it's nice in that respect too. But yeah, I do have was- a lot... There are a lot of developers who... Like, there's people I've gone to speak to, you know, as you mentioned before, kind of just popping into the DMs and saying, hey, like that cold DM going, hey, any chance you want to come on the show? I go, I listened to your show already. I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> like that's that's, that's cool. great. Like that's that's really nice when that happens. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's uh, a, a ringing endorsement, I think. So the fact that that's already happening after you know, did you say three years? Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah, cool because yeah, these things take time year, to build. Like yeah. it takes a long time to establish an audience, and especially with content like yours and. And this show, it's it's great because people can then go, oh, I like this interview with Colin or with, you know, whoever, and they can go back and find a bunch of interviews. That it's evergreen content. It is. To, it, it, it's 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 not to completely extent. evergreen because it's a time. It's a moment in time. Yeah, it's a time capsule. 
Yeah, so there's there's that aspect to it. But if you're talking about their journey into, you know, the beginning of their career or for, for my show, it's, you know, how they got to where they are at that point in time, that's always going to be relevant, I think. So yeah. that really allows people to go, oh, you know, I'm interested in that developer or I've, I've heard of that game. I want to hear the story behind it. So have you found that people go back and older episodes get downloaded a lot more than they would have at the start oh yeah for sure i mean as as people start to actually jump onto the show i do see i do see some of the old episodes will pop up more and more and more um as people kind of explore that back catalog for one of a better phrase mm-hmm. i don't want to make people sound sound like just <laughs> another number but like that's that's in terms of the podcast that ultimately is what it is um that people will go back and they'll they'll pick up on you know Ben Irving, for example, and I, I guess he's he's a local. He's worked with Bioware. Like there's there's a few things there that kind of all come together that makes that episode appealing for someone as they as they jump into the show for the first time. So, or you know, I make sure you know whoever the guest happens to be, and I'll list a couple of the credits there. So someone might scroll through and go, oh, um, Eric Jensen was uh, Days Gone. That's a topical thing at the moment. I'll go and take. I'll go and check mm. out what what Eric had to say a couple of years ago, and people. Seem to go and check it out. So it's it's nice in that respect. Yeah, very cool. All right, Paul, what would you say has been the hardest part of building Dev Diary to get to the point of where it is now? It's not even just Dev Diary. It's and I guess you know the the show putting in work is is all about the. I mean, I guess you'd you'd be best to kind of describe what the general gist <laughs> of the show. But you know, as 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 a consumer of the show over the journey, like it's it's about the the efforts and the the lengths that people have gone to for the for the work that they do and i think the the thing that's probably been the hardest for me not and it's not exclusive to dev diary is the the life balancing act right um i've really really struggled with that and i mean without uh i don't think that my wife's not gonna have any issues talking about this i really pushed the relationship on quite a few occasions just not being able to just manage the balancing act, the, the the life balancing act. And I, I'd get mm. so immersed in what I'm doing, whether it's in the podcast or writing reviews or certainly in that period when I was kind of on my own, being in control of everything there meant that I was forever looking at the computer. And just, it, it's really only been since kids arrived, not to I'm sadly kind of, I regret the fact that it wasn't my wife myself. To, <laughs> kind of, she tried very hard for me uh, to dislodge my head from my ass, but, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't happening for a while they like just it was just this stubborn thing that about like just work 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 and drive myself into the ground um that was was causing a little bit of grief here and it was really like it's the hardest thing for me has been finding that balancing act doing it right engaging this side of things because it it kind of mm. it's fulfilling for me but not neglecting everyone else in the process and i mean we yeah we spoke about kids before and like just the the demands that come with that has forced me to kind of wake up a little bit and so yeah. i'm still doing a lot of the things that i've done before but the management of that and the prioritizing and understanding no no like if if you can't sit down and knock out a few player two players for the youtube channel here who cares um like try and fit it in if you can but if you can't mm. handball it to someone else um or it just has to wait like that's something that it took me far too long to get my head around that 
once I did, I th- my life has been infinitely better since. And I'm still, I feel like I'm still as, you know, as a result, maybe producing the best stuff that I've ever done because there's just that, that extra strain that I was ultimately creating is not there anymore. Yeah. Or it's far less anyway. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is, I don't know exactly how player two works, but this is not like our main job. It's a hobby yeah. for the most part. But I was part. treating it like it was. And that was kind of my big issue, I think. Yeah. Yeah. On top of the fact that I already had a full-time job. Exactly. Which is so, a, teaching is a very demanding thing that doesn't mm, end at 3.15 when the bell that's goes. That's right. Like it's, yeah, so, especially if you're a good teacher and there's a lot of... I want to good, think that I am. Yeah, and there's a lot of good teachers who just like work constantly, it feels like, yeah. to, to, to put the best classes and lessons together for their kids. But yeah, I think it's, um, it's almost like a attached to ego kind of thing where you go, no, like this podcast or this review is really important and I'm really important because I, I got code for it. So I have to get it done before the embargo releases. And yeah. and and then like, you know, like there's a lot of people who might aspire to work in the games industry. So they're thinking like, this is my ticket in and I have to treat it like it's my job now. And that's true to different extents for different people. And that's everyone's decision to make for themselves. But I think when you're secure in the knowledge that, uh, you know, you have a family that comes first, you have yeah. a job that comes, I guess, second, and then you have a hobby that comes third. Yeah. That's when you, you when, when you, when you acknowledge that and you, then it is a lot easier to say, you know, I can tell my wife that I have to finish this game because it's you work. Don't. Or I can, maybe I can like take an extra day or I can stay yeah. up late. I can stay up really late and finish it like Yeah, and when just she goes make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing right now. Like as we speak and I can't name it, but like I've got, I've got a game that I've got uh, and there's an embargo that hits imminently. I'm not even going to get remotely close to hitting that, which frustrates the hell out of me. Like I don't, I don't like, it's not a good feeling whatsoever, but I'm coming off the fact that I've had... Uh, both children and wife vomiting a lot the last few days. Like there's just been, there's been a bug that's come through this house. Yeah. Somehow I wasn't affected, but it meant that I had to down everything else that I might've wanted to do, including this podcast. Like we've, we've, <laughs> we're trying to back and forth to try and find a time to, to make this happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, put a little bit of strain on you and I'm sorry for that. But like, it was, it was just one of those things where I had to just drop everything because the needs of the family had to trump game mm. review, had to trump, uh, to trump podcasts, to trump watching the footy, like whatever, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> these things are. Like it's just no, yeah. sorry, I make that one sound like more important than it is. But like you know, all these little things, like they've all everything's got yeah. to fall by the wayside. It's got and sadly, it took me far too many years to actually come to that conclusion. But my life since has been infinitely better, and thankfully, I didn't blow up my marriage in the process. I'm glad to hear that, Paul. It's very dark, <laughs> but yeah. like thing, you know, I, I create. Um, there's nothing that she did wrong whatsoever. Like I, I created some problems there just because I couldn't. If there was one bit of advice I'd offer anyone who was trying to get into to games or whatever their passion might happen to be, it's just remember what actually is the most important thing. Mm. Yeah, a couple of years ago, it, it may have been annoying, but every time you messaged me saying that, you know kids sick or wife sick or whatever it is being a parent now i'm just like yeah that's fine like you know yeah you're great about the whole thing kids happen like there's things you can't control and health is 
one of them and you know there's always there's always the 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 late hours of the evening that we can like it's 10 20 right now and we're recording yeah a a lot of people wouldn't uh probably wouldn't even consider starting recording a podcast after nine o'clock but here we are i've got Um, one a few nights that i'll be starting at 11 p.m like that's there you go you do what you gotta do time zones are a pain in the the, ass what's the earliest that you've got up to do a podcast um i interviewed i interviewed colin at like 4 a.m right i think our time that's nuts i can't remember what that married up to be i can't remember what that married up to be this was before we had our second at that point and um and our son was still largely sleeping in our room so it was kind of a case where it's okay like i'm able to actually disappear at this at that point not so Mm. easy now I mean, we discussed beforehand, like an interview that I've got at 11 p.m. in the next few nights. Like, if something goes wrong, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, it's it could be a madhouse in here, and I'm somehow trying to hold it all together, despite like the interview together without I don't know everything collapsing in and around me. But that's when you have you to you ask really quick questions and then just like mute everything else on your side yeah, of the exactly. That's going <laughs> to require channel. a bit of clever editing afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But you cool. do. What you I mean. Do. That- that's a, that's a good response, Paul, because I feel like ninety five percent of guests have said something related to the actual craft or business, but you've hit us with something personal with that one, and I think that that probably relates to more people than anything else. Look, I think um, that's probably I mean, it's probably the first time that I've really spoken about all that stuff. I don't I I don't make a habit of talking about it because um, it's not exactly something I'm overly proud of. Um, well, I think you should be proud that you've realised. It eventually. Before it's too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before I created a massive issue um, yeah, that sure. I would have regretted for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just so much more important than the content we're trying to create. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe my wife can hear this in the next room right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but like, I consider myself very, very lucky to have gotten through all that <laughs> and still, still, you know, be doing what I enjoy, but not at the expense of everything else. Hmm. I mean, having a supportive wife in in what I'm doing as well is so valuable. Like the the, the nights that we've had this podcast planned that were cancelled, uh, you know, whether we were planning to do something those nights or not. When I said last night, like tomorrow I'm going to do back to back podcasts from eight till well, I said eight till ten. It's now ten twenty five. <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." Like. No, no disappointment or like arguing or objections because, I mean, she probably enjoys having some time to herself for starters, but she recognizes that I do everything possible to plan podcasting when she's either happy to read a book in bed or she's asleep already. So yeah. that's the sacrifice that I've made is is choosing recording times that are not time that I that are easy that's easy to spend. With yeah, family. something. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing coming at the expense of what you're doing. Maybe outside exactly. of a couple of extra hours of sleep, potentially. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, so, Paul, your advice to people who want to get into the, whether it's the reviews and the writing or the the dev side of podcasting, what's um, what what, do, what would you have to tell those people? I mean, when it comes to the reviews, I mean, I, I guess the the landscape is constantly shifting, but. It's still, and I'm sure you've probably heard this from others who are in the similar sort of field, like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, by doing it, it's an opportunity to learn and reflect and 
and improve your craft. And then when an opportunity maybe pops up, you can throw your hat in the ring and you've actually, for want of a better phrase, you've kind of earned your stripes a little bit. You've demonstrated the capacity to learn and grow and that makes you a more more appealing prospect. I definitely don't think I was, I mean, of myself and Sarah, when we both joined at the same time, I was definitely not the best of the two of us. And I'm, and I'm sure I wasn't necessarily the best of the other candidates were there either. But um, I worked and worked and worked and I think I'd proven that I was capable of refining things for as much as required to to be the best I could be. And these days I'm part of the editorial team. But mm. um, I think it's just, it's just keep working at it and you'll get there. And then when it comes to the other half, so the interviews and those sorts of things, I'm sure that I mean we've both discussed similar sorts of experiences there. It's it's reaching out and a little bit. It's relying on the goodwill of others, um, taking a chance and expe- maybe go in with the expectation that you might even be rejected. I'm not sure what your sort of attitude is when the time <laughs> comes, but I kind of go in with the perspective that nothing's going to come of this. And then if I get a response, that's yeah. a great start. If they yeah. say yes, that's even better. And if it actually comes to fruition, there we go. Happy days. <laughs> I've got a yeah. little sticky note of here, like of, of names that, you know, most of the people on it, there's about 10 names there. Most people have committed, but whether it all comes to fruition remains to be seen. You just, you put your faith in me. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it's probably not the person's fault. Mm. It just couldn't happen. And But these things will grow and you'll have enough wins that it starts to snowball, I guess. Yeah, definitely. That, I relate to that hard because I had like a note on my phone that was like a running list of guests that I've had. And then under that is like people who I plan to approach. And then there's people who have indicated some level of interest. And it's like the list is like you're moving someone's name from this section to the next. And it's just a constant kind of, or it has been just that kind of constant uh, battle to kind of, you know, try and just gauge like it's it's been you know three months since i talked to that person and they said they were too soon to reach out again yeah like they haven't responded for three months or they said that they would do it and then they didn't turn up on the day (laughs) that happened to me oh have you had a couple of those that i had i had one of those thankfully it was it was like the ceo of a website that used to be called purevolume.com i'm happy to name them because i'm shaming him right now but um (laughs) Oh, it, if you're listening, it, you've been guilty. Yeah, it's not yeah. too late. And people who like into punk rock music might remember Absolute Punk was a, a website. Anyway, he was like the the manager of those, and I arranged to talk to him, and he just didn't show up at nine o'clock in the morning, like he said. And I emailed him, and he just never responded, and he just ghosted me. So, yeah, That's... hopefully people don't do that too. <laughs> it's a it's a it's the minority of people who actually commit and then just bail. But usually it's more just like, yeah, hit me up in six months and then, or not six months, but hit me up later when I'm not as busy. And then that's, you know, a 50-50 chance at that point, I think, of them actually saying yes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a timing thing involved. There's a sweet spot for the guest. I mean, you and I have spoken to, yeah. to kind of flip things on its head. You and I have spoken about you coming on Dev Diary, given your work on Trigger Witch these days. And yeah. we've kind of spoken about when there might be an optimal time for that. And I mean, I, I, I'm hopeful that you're not just going to uh, fob me off and just go silent completely on me. But like, yeah, the, you, know, you, you just try and triangulate all these things and you try and find a sweet spot. And that's yeah. just the nature of the beast. When you're working with other people, they've got other priorities. They've got their day jobs. They've got families. They've got all those sorts of things to contend with. And if mm. you manage to fit in, well, great. It's a bonus. Yeah. And I think it goes without saying too that the consistency is such an important 
thing because I know, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show how I view you as like kind of a peer doing the closest thing that I can think of to putting in work. But there's been other people who've attempted to do interview podcasts and they've got to like episode nine or episode 10 and then that's it. Or, you know, they, they take like five months in between episodes and it's, yeah, you know, it's it's maybe it's doing the best they can, but it's not really committed to it the way that we have where it's really important to us to have some consistency, I think. Yeah, I mean, to like to go back to the whole, you know, wife and family dynamic that I had going here, like when we were kind of working together to kind of work out what the balancing act needed to look like, what I, what I kind of... Pro, what the priorities obviously the obvious things for the family but um how i wanted to even just kind of rank and prioritize the other things like this dev diary was at the top of it because i mean in terms of the time demands you know to get a, a guest every fortnight sure there's a little bit of twitter diving and some emailing back and forth but that side of i don't know about for you that's not necessarily the most time consuming bit it's the it's the sitting down and having a chat and the edit after the fact and so, you know, working through, okay, is, is the two and a half, maybe three hours that it takes to interview, edit, get it ready for publishing, is that is that too much? Yes or no? And you, you kind of, you work through that. And it was, I mean, that was my priority. I wanted to get that one done first. That's the thing that compared to player two, my name is attached to that. And Matt does a massive solid for me and share, use the player two platform to share it as well. But it's a Paul James product first and foremost. And mm. I wanted to, that was my priority of making sure that I, I kept up the fortnightly thing. I still try and work out what I could do potentially with the other fortnight. Not, uh, sorry, the other week, uh, the the off week. It'll never be well. I well, I won't say never. I don't think it'll ever be actually filled by another guest. Like I don't think it'll become a weekly thing. I I, I do. I, I'm so impressed by what you managed to do in that regard. Managing to have guests every single week. Now I guess there is the slight difference in the sense that yours is so much broader so you've got a, a larger catchment that you could potentially work with but it's still mind-boggling to be able to get someone in that sort of regularity um i can't imagine doing it now i don't even know how i did it <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. it was recognizing that was the priority and working to that mm. and then identifying okay now and it's just baby steps into the rest and working out what the sweet spot is and now there's a thing that kind of works for us and uh, everything's sustained everyone's happy i'm feel, yeah. feeling fulfilled in what i'm doing but everyone else in the household is as well and that's that's important that's good that's really good and you can always remind her that uh, some people play cricket and they're out for like 20 hours a week <laughs> with <Yeah>. that. <laughs> that, that that is a good point yeah the whole weekend's written off yeah and training and that was and, that was my life you know, for a long time right so at least i'm not going back to cricket. before she came along but at least oh, okay, i'm not back sure. <laughs> All right, Paul, the question that we end with, what uh, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? This, but on a sustained level, like something that would actually sustain, I guess, financially. financially so I could kind yeah. of, yeah. Um, I'm very, very happy doing what I'm doing. And that's not to disrespect teaching because I love teaching. Um, I mean, maths is not necessarily the thing I'm actually, weirdly enough, it's not the thing I'm necessarily the most passionate about in the world. But I know, and this yeah, it sounds weird. I know I I know I teach it well. I know I convey it well, and so I love sharing that. And I guess it all boils down to that sharing knowledge thing. Mm. Um, I just I'd love to be able to do the dev diary thing and and things adjacent to that. That idea of sharing knowledge. I just want to be able to do that in this game space on a sustained level. Yeah, it'd be cool if uh, 
Dev Diary could be seen as a resource for people learning about development in that world. Yeah. I think if there's a, you know, a world where that works and gets you, you know, the sweet spot between education and what you're passionate about in games, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and I've done some little for. adjacent things, which is not so much focused on the individual, but little series that I use the Dev Diary platform to share when I, whenever I get them done, though it's kind of yearly. Uh, this gamer school thing, which is kind of meant to spotlight the an entire franchise and kind of delve into the intricacies around that. Sorry, hmm. um, that's like that is a really great supplement to the whole thing. But I just want to be able to share knowledge as much as I possibly can. That's the thing that really drives me these days. And whether that's through teaching, whether that's through games or both. That's what I'm looking for, and if I if I could somehow make the games thing the the primary thing, that'd be that'd be a dream come true. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, I think voice actors have been my favorite people to interview. But secondly to that, I think game dev is such an interesting field where there's so many different pieces of puzzles coming together, so many you know parts and cogs of the machine that have to function. Yeah, and it's it just it's just a fascinating thing to learn and such a varied thing where you could be talking to a composer an artist or someone that programs code and they're all working on a video game so that's something that i have really enjoyed through putting in work the times where i've been able to talk to game devs whether they yeah you know some of them work in pr and you know they're all part of the game dev team so that's been Really cool to learn about on that side. And then obviously you mentioned with what I've been doing on Trigger Witch, getting to experience it on that side. So that's a little tease for an upcoming dev diary. Yeah, I look forward to chatting. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Thanks for coming on the show, Paul. Not a problem. It's It's been great to come on. Share everything. Thanks for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch our friend Paul on Twitter at Paul James Games. If you want to support this show, the best way to do it is with the podcast rating and review. Five stars only in your podcast service of choice, but especially Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. If you want to go a bit further than that, you can kick in some dollars to the Kofi page for 8-Bit over at co-fi.com slash we are 8-Bit. A few dollars a month will keep the emotional lights on. We'll also get you a whole bunch of goodies check it out over on that page to catch me on the social medias you can get me at Jono himself and until next episode keep putting in work